Hello and welcome to Dollars and Cents, presented by North Main Financial. I'm your host, Joshua Doby. Thank you so much for tuning with us here to the 4 o'clock hour. Appreciate you hanging with us here at the later end of, of the afternoon session. Now, if you're 9 to 5 or 53 minutes, 32, 8 seconds until you get to the end of, uh, of your time here. So I appreciate you getting the last stretch with us here. And if you're not, if you're a shift worker, and I was surrounded by shift workers, that's shift workers growing up here, that, uh, that that it may be the end or the beginning of your shift. And either way, I'm so glad that you're tuning in with us here to Dollars and Cents presented by North Main Financial. We're talking on all things economic, financial, looking at things on a macro level, sometimes global, looking at things that are happening around us, dotting your headlines, wanting to see what's uh, pertinent perhaps to your particular situation, but we also seek to break it down to an individual group level, the kinds of things that you may be experiencing Family members may be experiencing, neighbors, colleagues, all that good kind of stuff. So hopefully we're providing some information and data, which is relevant to your particular financial space. If you'd like to reach out to us here at North Main Financial Group, love to hear from you, love to chat with you. You can reach out to us online, northmainfinancial.com. That's north like the direction, main like the street, financial.com. Northmainfinancial.com. We have a contact page on there. You can leave us your email address or a phone number. But if you'd like to reach out to us here in the studio, love to hear from you. I will try very hard to get it here on the show. I'd love to love to get things that are pertinent, relevant to your particular financial situation uh, here in the studio, 844-STUDIO-4. That's 844-788-3464. That's 844-788-3464. One more time, 844 788 Three, four, six, four. Here in the studio, love to chat about what may be on your mind. You may be seeing on your headlines, and that's gonna—that's a nice segue. We're gonna get into our first segment. You know it by this point. It's been uh, something we've been talking about here a lot. What's hot? And that wasn't even meant to be an alliteration or rhyming. Uh, but what's hot in terms of your headlines and the kinds of things that you're seeing out there in the financial and economic ends of your universe? Uh, when we're talking about it, we're in earnings season. I get excited. I know that's a little bit weird. I get excited, though, in talking about earnings season because companies are coming out. They're sharing what's happening in not only in this particular quarter, but in the kinds of things that they're seeing going forward. Now, we've had a whole bunch of companies here. I am in no way going to touch all of them here in the What's Hot segment. But uh, but definitely want to touch on some of the big names that probably, uh, if they are not a part of the things that you are watching consistently, probably are a part of your experiential universe, meaning those things that you're uh, bumping into and perhaps even utilizing on a day-to-day -day basis. Let me start with CVS, Caremark, CVS, the, uh, the drugstore. I don't know about you, but my experience is you can't go too far just about any direction without bumping into a CVS store or CVS drugstore. I mean, they are everywhere. They they have an exceptional proliferation here around the country. And uh, they came out with earnings, our public and traded company. They came out with earnings here uh, this past week. And, uh, and I would say that overall, the numbers weren't particularly alarming in terms of uh, what their current revenues were, current profit margins were. But in terms of the go-forward kind of analysis, uh, market didn't like it really didn't. It was kind of interesting to see that kind of thing because when we think about drugstores, we think about you know the, the kinds of things that move, uh, whether we're talking about Walgreens Boots or we're talking about CVS Caremark, the two largest that are out there right now. We don't generally expect them to be in the double digits or in terms of growth. We really don't. I mean, they're just not built that way. They're, we're very mature industry, very mature companies that we don't ex uh, generally expect that. But boy, the market was expecting something else because the price of CVS Caremark Stark really took a hit. 
And, uh, and so when we're looking at that, we're looking at what that means relative to the overall sector. We're looking at that, what that means relative to the economy overall. It's a little bit concerning, a little bit of I mean, just why, why would that be the case? Now, I don't think there's a whole lot of mystery. If you watch how drug companies, uh, excuse me, uh, drug, um, drug stores generally make their profits, it's not from the prescriptions they're filling in the back of the store. It really isn't. The kinds of things that are making the money, and this may seem a little bit unusual, but if you watch anything that has to do with drug stores, and specifically, almost scientifically, grocery stores, the things on which they're making the most mar the margin, the most profit, they're towards the front of the store. I know. It's scientific. I, I, I'm telling you, I've been around this business a long time. It literally is scientific. The things that are making the most money are towards the front of the store. Things towards the back of the store, not making as much money on those in terms of profit margin. So we're seeing that kind of thing with uh, with CVS because, I mean, I don't know if, if your experience is like mine, got to walk all the way to the back of the store to get the prescriptions filled. But boy, if you want uh, if you want makeup, if you want a candy bar or something along those lines, definitely towards the front of the store. That's what we're seeing with CVS. Most folks are coming in to get their prescriptions filled, not buying as much towards the front of the store. That's the reason why that we're seeing the pullback as far as the overall margin increase is concerned. Now, big one. And, uh, and this is probably going to carry over into two segments. That's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm teasing you a little bit. I want you to hang around here with us on dollars and cents. But uh, well, we had earnings, we had quarterly earnings come out from Meta. Meta, uh, the former, formerly known as, but now, I mean, it, it, it includes. So it's, they're known as Meta now in, in my end of the universe, but they, they are certainly uh, so known as Facebook. Uh, boy, did they come out and, and just blow it out of the park. When I say blow it out of the park, I mean, not only in terms of earnings, not only in terms of go forward guidance, but they also started, I mean, hold on here because this might mean for all of you Facebook followers, uh, you know, the changing of an era. It certainly means it for me on my end of things. They're going to start paying a dividend. I mean, literally, they're going to start paying a dividend, cash money to hold on to the shares. I mean, that that's kind of the sign. Microsoft did it a number of years ago. Apple did it a, a number of years ago. It's, it's kind of the changing of the guard. I mean, instead of every single penny going back into the company that's not paid out for uh, for employee compensation, that uh, that they're actually going to be start uh, distributing cash money out to shareholders. Kind of a big deal. And boy, did the market love it. I mean, the mar market just took off. As a result, I mean, when I say the market, I mean the market for Meta slash Facebook shares up 20%, 20% in a given day. Now you're saying, okay, what does that mean? Well, I got some numbers for you here because I'm a little bit, uh, I'm a little bit eccentric. I'm a little bit crazy like this. So 20% in a day, $200 billion, $200 billion one day. I mean, when you start thinking about that, so you probably, okay, what's $200 billion? That's a big number. Yeah, I got some, uh, I got some ways for you to think about it here. $200 billion in terms of increase in market capitalization in one day. In a single day, right? So it's, it's the biggest uh, single day move in terms of market capitalization ever. Never has moved that much that fast in a single day. So that would be, if you were stacking $1 bills, I know I, I look at this kind of stuff. I'm a little bit crazy. I understand if you think I'm crazy as well. But I'm looking at it, if you were stacking $1 bills, 13,800 miles of $1 bills for $200 billion. That's 13,800 miles of $1 bills. That's halfway around the world. Or if you're here in the United States, that means you could cross back and forth five times, five times, five times across this country in $1 bills for one movement in one day for Facebook or slash Metastock, 200 
billion dollars. We're talking about a big number, folks. It's huge. I mean, huge in terms of thinking about how it goes together, in terms of how it, the, the what, what, what is the size, scale, and scope of, of that kind of movement in a single day based upon one quarterly earnings report? I mean, that's that's seismic. And, and and like I said, in terms of the dollar value, it's the largest single day movement we've had in our market history. You have to take that in context because we obviously have the largest market capitalization in our history in terms of the overall stock market. But still, in terms of, of the, the dollar amount of movement, 20% on a company that big, that quickly, one day. I mean, literally, if you're stacking $1 bills and you were the, the single owner of, uh, of Facebook there, well, you could have gone back and forth across the country five times. That's, that's that's kind of a big deal. So when we look at that kind of thing, it's kind of anecdotal, but also important to know in context about how things are moving. Well, I appreciate so much you hanging with us here on Dollars and Cents presented by North Main Financial. We're going to hear from our sponsors here on WSIC News Talk Now. Keep it right here. Dollars and Cents with certified financial planner Joshua Doby will return shortly on 105.9 100.7 WSIC. Dollars and Cents continues now. Here's your host, certified financial planner, Joshua Doby, on 105.9 WSIC. Hello and welcome back to Dollars and Cents presented by North Main Financial. I'm your host, Joshua Doby. Thank you so much for hanging with us into the second quarter football reference. we got the Super Bowl this weekend. All right, and I get it. You may not be a 49ers fan or a Chiefs fan and... I mean, we got we got a lot of talk about the Super Bowl this year, and, and then you can you, all you conspiracy theorists you can tell me why. I mean, you, they may or may not be true, but I mean, the truth is, there's a lot of talk here, producer Bill, about uh, about the Super Bowl, and maybe there is every year. I don't I don't think that uh, that any year is exempt from that kind of thing, but we got a lot of talk about it this year, so uh, it's going to be interesting to see. Now, now, and I, I I like these kinds of things. Not everybody likes to talk about the commercials, right? I mean, it's maybe it's become a little bit overdone. Maybe uh, maybe it's uh, it's passe now in, in in terms of how folks pay attention to them. But I I kind of like watching the you know who's going to make the investment because just like every year, price goes up. You know, who's going to make that huge investment to be uh, to be out there on, on on Super Bowl Sunday? I mean, what what do you think? I mean, am I, am I making too much of that, or or what what is that? Oh no, I'm definitely a fan of watching. Yeah, I am as well. I mean, like I, I mean, if especially if there are food commercials, and and, and you know you know how yes. much we love food here Indeed. on on WSIC. So I'm going to be talking food here in just a few moments again, of course, because uh, we'll tie that into to dollars and cents. Are you kidding me? Financial, economic, food's very important. We're talking about that kind of thing, but also for Super Bowl Sunday. I mean, I think I've shared uh, a number of times my absolute love for fried chicken wings, mm-hmm. and I, I I do. But there are a lot of things that uh, that come into play for food wise on Super Bowl. Sunday. And, uh, and certainly if you, if you're one who gets together with friends, family for that kind of thing, it, it is a fun time of the year. So, I mean, producer Bill, I mean, I know your Baltimore Ravens are out, but, uh, and so I, I don't mean to, you know, to scratch an old scab. Oh yeah. No worries. All right. But, uh, but if we're looking at these two teams, do you have a preference? Do you have a, are you, are you pulling um, for anybody in particular? I wouldn't say pulling, but I am right. rooting for Steve Wilkes. Uh, yeah. yeah, Charlotte guy. Yeah. So I'd, I'd like to see him get it done. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with you at yeah. all there. And, and so, you know, and I'm looking at that. I look at McCafferty, you know, yeah. In, oh, yeah. in the uh, in, in the backfield for uh, San Francisco. And I mean, we drafted him. So yeah, I mean, good. I, I'm just glad we got rid of that guy. You know? <laughs> I mean, what a distraction. 
<laughs> That's right. I mean, what would we do with a guy like that right. uh, in, in, our, in our back? Yeah, it just didn't fit, you know? Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> uh, I, don't, don't, uh, I mean, I'll run down that, that, that lane right. for a long That's time. That's another show. Yeah. Oh, boy, all by itself. And uh, But anyhow, but that being said, hope, oh, hoping that the teams play well and all yeah. the other stuff uh, aside, I'm not going to mention a certain, let's say, a pop icon uh, right mm. now who may or may not be dotting the headlines. I think she gets enough press. Although probably if I would say her name here, uh, there is some kind of AI program. Oh, yeah. Uh, which, I mean, we would we would just get listeners by the 100,000 fold. Right, yeah. It'll pull right up in the transcript, I'm, yeah. I, I probably should. Google, I probably, you can say should. it. I, I, I won't do it. I won't do, won't do it. You got to come here organically. Yeah, you got to earn, earn your way. Like you got to earn your way in. Bravo. <laughs> $2.00 and cents here. All right, let's keep going here. We're, we're looking at what's hot. We're looking at the I, Super Bowl, of course, what's hot in terms of what's happening uh, here from an economic and financial standpoint. But we're going to keep going here. It's earnings season. And uh, when we're talking about earnings season, yes, generally speaking, about four times a year, but companies uh, also report their earnings at different times. So when I say it's earnings season, I'm talking about the majority of the S&P 500, the uh, Standard & Poor's 500 index. This is where we're getting a whole bunch of them coming through at the same time here. And there have been a number of companies. I talked a little bit about Meta slash Facebook here in uh, in the previous segment right before we went to break there. I got to talk about one that, that's, that's been, let's, let's call it not as positive. I mean, Meta and Facebook, hard to be more positive than that. I told you, uh, $200 billion in increase in a given day in market capitalization, 13,800 miles of $1 bills. If you're thinking about what $200 billion means, uh, back and forth across the U.S. five times, as you're doing the math on that end of things as well. But uh, but looking at uh, a company that hasn't done as well, and, and I'm going to say this is overdone. And, and it's not. And yes, that is subjective. You, you can't uh, quantify that in an objective way. But it's been very interesting to see. We've talked a lot of bit here, a lot of bit, a lot about here on Dollars and Cents about the commercial real estate market and some of the concerns that we have from a valuation standpoint because of the ways in which we have higher vacancy rates. We, we certainly have companies who have adjusted their thought process about what it means to come into the office to work. And, and so, you know, whether it's, we're talking about hybrid scenarios, we're talking about, you know, drops in usage overall, maybe it's a, a, a full work from home sort of space. So we're seeing, let's call it less demand, in the uh, class A high rise tower, not not every commercial space. That's important to keep in mind because I had this uh, said very well by a gentleman who is very well educated in the commercial real estate space. He said, and uh, hold, hold with me here, this is not double talk. He said, not all commercial real estate is commercial real estate. And that was very wise. I know, you're like, okay, what, what in the world did he, I mean, well, that means that not all things slot into the same category, even within the broad category of commercial real estate. Meaning sometimes when we're talking about commercial real estate, we're talking about the high rise office towers and our more urban centers. We're also talking about things like strip malls in more, let's call them rural, rural kind of spaces. So that uh, when we're putting those things together, we really can't compare the two legitimately on an apples to apples comparison. There, there are some significant differences for all the obvious reasons between the nail salon in a more rural kind of strip mall sort of scenario and somebody who is, you know, leasing out 50, 75, 100,000 square feet in a class A office tower in lower Manhattan. I mean, very obviously, there's a very different kind of scenario there. But when we're talking about commercial real estate, sometimes they get all lumped together. 
So that's why I'm differentiating between the two here and looking at commercial real estate, specifically looking at the class A high rise office tower kinds of setups in uh, in our more urban kinds of settings. You've heard me talk about where we, we hit some 40 year highs in terms of vacancies. So we bumped into the 20% range in terms of overall class A high rise office tower uh, downtown urban sort of scenario, uh, uh, commercial real estate spaces across the country. So that's that's 20% across the country, not for any one specific city. But when we're looking at them across the country, that was a 40-year high in looking at that kind of space. And then we got we got some uh, we got a quarterly report from uh, from a regional bank that has definitely set some uh, set up some ripples through the system in terms of trying to quantify what it means for, again, this the high-rise tower, sort of uh, class A commercial real estate end of things. Uh, New York Community Bank Corp. And, uh, and, and this is not a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold. You got to be very clear on that. I'm going to be speaking, maybe that, that sounds a little bit negatively here over the next couple of minutes, but it's not because I think you should sell or because I think you should buy on that end of things, or hold for that matter. But rather just a reflection on what this particular bank has uh, has shared, and specifically because of their exposure to New York City real estate. And New York City, uh, specifically hyper-urban, class A, you know, tall tower kind of, uh, kind of commercial real estate came out very negative and, and very negative. I wouldn't say because th that they're saying, you know, this is going to crash out or anything like that, but because of their look at, not just in terms of where things are sitting today, but what they see going forward. And that's really what I think spooked the market. So the price, if, uh, if you, if you happen to own uh, New York community bank or, you know, exactly what I'm going to say next, the price of the publicly traded stock down about 66, zero percent here in, uh, in the last two weeks. Now, is that overdone? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, there's no way for us to know at this point, but definitely the market uh, ha has been looking at it in a negative light, probably based upon market style and, and, and market volumes. Probably it has been oversold relative to the exposure aspect of things for uh, for New York Community Bank Corp. Um, I, I don't want to say, again, this is not a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold, uh, but probably the way the market does it is they, you know, they fire first and aim later uh, kind of thing when it, whenever some, uh, some spooky news comes out in one direction or another. It seems like that's the case here. It seems like that may be what has happened in this case. No way to know. We'll, we'll find out uh, soon enough. But what is true, we're starting to line up some data points here. You've heard me talk about this now for several shows here on Dollars and Cents presented by North Main Financial. You've heard me talk about this now on several shows. In terms of the data points that are lining up, which are, let's say, not as enthusiastic in the high tower class A office space on the commercial real estate uh, end of things. And, and that's what really is is piquing my interest. Those are the kinds of things that we're watching very closely on my end of things. Because, you know, there are there are data points with regards to vacancy. There are data points with regards to the number of permits which are being pulled for new projects, meaning new high tower projects, also at a 30-year low in terms of the number of permits pulled. Now, it's relative. I get it. It's not that there are no permits being pulled. It's a relative kind of data point, meaning looking at it relative to how many were pulled last year, the year before that, year over the last couple of decades not as many permits pulled as what we've had here over the last couple of decades. So we're looking at that and we're saying, okay, this, this is not a, a stop scenario, but it definitely is a cool down scenario 
in terms of uh, Class A high tower office space it, as we see it at this point. So this is just another data point that's uh, that's sitting out there. So we want you to keep that in mind. We want you to be watching that kind of thing. All right, we're going to pivot a little bit here. Food. I know. I mean, literally food. And that's why I had a pregnant pause there so that you would be paying attention here on Dollars and Cents because we like to talk food here on WSIC. We really do. I mean, it's it's great stuff. So Chipotle. Now, now, producer Bill, are you a Chipotle guy? I mean, are you the kind of guy? I mean, is yes. it? Yes. See, I am too. Yes. Man, do I love that stuff. And maybe it's because all things that have to do with tacos and burritos. I mean, I, I pretty much correct twice a day. Uh, I could, yeah. Tw twice a day could, uh, <laughs> could could do that kind of thing. Couldn't and, have. I mean, I mean, it really, I mean, it really could. I mean, it's uh, and 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 I like, yeah, I like it with the, with the heat and with the guac and mm. everything else. I mean, just just give me the big bowl and uh, and and leave me alone <laughs> in a corner uh, there. But they came out with an earnings beat. The Chipotle publicly traded company came out with an earnings beat relative to the expectation uh, here in the marketplace and they may and this was kind of interesting I thought it was pretty aggressive coming at it from the uh, coming at it from the CEO's report that uh, that they could as uh, increase as much as 2x meaning hundred percent doubling their current locations now I thought that they were pretty aggressive already in terms of expanding the number of locations of Chipotle around the country and the CEO was pretty uh, outspoken and saying we may just do twice more of what we have already. So I thought, well, you know what? If, if they want to put one on both corners of the streets that I occupy uh, here in uh, Cornelius or here close to Studio A, I, I mean, Producer Bill, I'm okay with that. Yeah, bring it on. Bring it on. I mean, I, that's okay with that. I mean, I'll, I'll go to one, then I'll go to the other. I'll make sure that they're both fully uh, um, fully utilized, at least insofar as I'm concerned, uh, here at, uh, at Dollars and Cents. Well, friends, I appreciate you spending time with us talking about all things economic and financial here on WSIC News Talk Now. more of Dollars and Cents with Certified Financial Planner Joshua Doby following these brief messages on 105.9 100.7 WSIC. Now more of Dollars and Cents with Certified Financial Planner Joshua Doby on 105.9 100.7 WSIC. Hello and welcome back to Dollars and Cents presented by North Main Financial. I'm your host, Joshua Doby. Thank you so much. Hang with us into the second half here. Again, if you're a nine to fiver, we're looking at 26 minutes and 39 seconds until the end of your day. Good stuff. I mean, we're going to sprint here. I promise you, if you hang with us here on dollars and cents, we're going to make it go by fast. I promise you. All right, we're going to talk about some interesting stuff. We're going to talk about the nuts and bolts. We're going to get into some things here, especially in the next segment, what to know, those kinds of things that may be a part of your experience or our family members' experience, colleagues' experiences. We're going to talk about the markets, I promise, especially as we get into the fourth quarter. Talking about what we see, been a very interesting year to date. My goodness, I mean, very interesting. I'll be the first one to raise my hand that as we're getting into the uh, first and second week here in February, ready or not, that, uh, that I didn't expect this was the, how the front end of 2024 was going to go. We'll talk about that here in a few minutes, though, but I want to get into what to know. And uh, we, so we started out with what's hot. We spent a lot of time talking about the things that are on our headlines. We're probably going to bump into a couple more of those here before the end of, of today's show. But I want to talk about what to know as well. And here on what to know, uh, it's really about those kinds of things that may be a part of your experience. If they haven't been part of your experience to this point or aren't today, they may be coming up for you. And I, I really do. I, I've talked about this already here on What to Know here even a couple of weeks ago. I kind of bump into it again because of some of the data that we are receiving uh, about it. It has to do with the FAVSA 
form. So if you are one who has filled out one, or if you're a parent who has filled out one on behalf of a prospective college student, and if you're not one, you're looking, okay, what's, what's a FAFSA form? Well, free application for federal student aid, F-A-F-S-A uh, form. It went through some big revisions towards the end of last year, uh, meaning last year, calendar year 2023, and it wasn't even available until mid to late January. So for a lot of folks who need to fill that up, a lot of folks, who am I kidding? Most all folks who, who are looking at uh, applying for, for some level of student aid uh, need to complete way behind the curve. I mean, way behind the curve at the DOE there, the Department of Education, in getting that kind of thing out because for so many colleges and universities, they're using that FAVSA form as a benchmark for determining aid packages. So, and the reason why I'm saying this is because we came across another data point here, which is, I, I guess, predictable. I mean, it has to be some level of predictable because uh, because the form came out late that the number of FAVSA forms submitted here are more than 50% less year to date compared to last year, more than 50% less than what they were uh, on a year over year basis. So what we have are a number of colleges and universities who are really scrambling to be able to provide let's call them relevant, pertinent, applicable sort of financial aid packages, not only for prospective students, but for current students as well, who are applying for, 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 uh, for federal student aid and needing to use those benchmarks that come out of the FAVSA evaluation experience to be able to provide that data for uh, for their folks, for their students. And, uh, and so really behind. So I'm bringing that up. It's what to know. What So so what is on the FAVSA? What, what is the, the free application for federal student aid? Uh, what it is, it's, it's a general, let's call it a broad-based uh, uh, kind of form where you enter in data for the parents or the guardians and for the student themselves about what it, what do you have in terms of assets? What do you have in terms of income? What are the kinds of means that you have to be able to pay for the college experience for the, either the prospective student or for the student who may be already enrolled and is looking to reapply for that kind of space? So it's the kind of thing that you submit every year, generally speaking, for undergraduate students especially who are in the college process and, uh, and looking at then what that means in terms of your possibilities to be uh, – in line for or or being able to apply for either certain grants or certain scholarship or certain loan programs that may be out there, which are based upon, again, the uh, the free application. So when, when we're looking at that kind of thing, we look at the impact, what it means for, for college students. It's huge and huge. I don't, I don't mean huge in terms of thousands of dollars, or tens of thousands or hundreds. We're talking billions with a B, when you look at all of the college students who are applying in these ways or applying for an evaluation based upon the FAVSA form, because for most colleges and universities, for the understandable reasons, are using the results of that FAVSA evaluation to be able to determine, okay, how much in, in scholarship, how much in grant, how much in loan possibilities, not only on a federal level, but perhaps things that are applicable through the college or the university itself. So it's a very big deal, and it's a very, uh, very important part of the process. It's not particularly pleasant. I'll, I'll, ra I'll raise you that. I'll raise my hand on that, having walked through it with any number of clients at North Main Financial. It's not particularly pleasant, but it is, I would offer up, important and necessary for most colleges and universities that you get it completed. 
and make sure you enter in the information that you have to do. Uh, do not enter information that you don't have to do on that kind of thing because there are very specific questions that are asked as part of the FAVSA form. Not that I'm, I'm trying to tell you how to trick it or anything like that, but make sure you enter in what's necessary, not necessary to enter anything which is not necessary uh, relative to that. Maybe intuitive, but I have folks all the time say, well, should I include? No. I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of like going back to the old politics uh, strategy end of things. You never answer a question that somebody doesn't ask you. You only ever answer the question that somebody asks you. There's probably some wisdom in that. Again, looking at it from uh, uh, from wanting to get that thing completed and, and, and put it in its place in the ways that are most appropriate and necessary. So again, FAVSA form, that uh, free application for federal student aid, for those folks, especially on an undergraduate level, needing to get that in. I know it's been miserable. I've talked to any number of you talking about trying to get it, get access to it, first of all, and then trying to get it completed and trying to get it submitted. It's miserable. Most colleges and universities, in my experience, through clients, uh, they understand that. They understand it's been delayed. They're not, let's say, pushing the normal kinds of deadlines that they normally would uh, whenever those kinds of things have been normally accessible. But make sure you're in contact with the student aid department uh, at, uh, at your particular college or university. Make sure they understand, if they're not already, that those kinds of things are sitting out there. You're going to get it to them as fast as you possibly can. So make sure you're doing that. All right. That's on what to know. Let's let, let's burn back here into uh, into the what's hot end of things, and it's because it's earnings season, and I get real excited on earnings season, and I want to make sure that you're as aware as much as you can be about the kinds of things that are sitting out there from an earnings standpoint. Now we talked about Meta, Facebook, we talked about their earnings just blowing it out. I mean, we talked about thirteen thousand eight hundred miles of one dollar bills. Uh, no, really, two hundred billion dollars in a day of increase in market capital. If you didn't hear us here a couple of segments ago, $200 billion in increase, billion with a B, in increase in market capitalization in one day, just in case you're wondering, because I do these kinds of weird things, 13,800 miles approximately of stacked $100 bills. Pretty impressive day in one day. I hope you were one of the ones, uh, one of the folks that owned it. Now I'm not saying buy, sell, or hold it. I'm saying I wish you would have owned it a week ago if it's going up 20% uh, in a day. But uh, but on the other side of things, interestingly, and I, I do think this is interesting in terms of understanding the market, understanding sectors, understanding different companies. Because on the other end of the spectrum, Snap. Now, I'm not a Snapchat guy. I'm not. I, I, I barely understand Facebook at, uh, at this point. But, uh, but, but Snapchat, Snap, uh, the, you know, that, that, that also uh, kind of um, program, what do we, what do we call them uh, in, in this day and age, uh, producer bill? I mean, we, we, we got to call them, uh, I mean, it's, it's another opportunity to be able to share on social media. Is that, is that what an old, uh, old guy says uh, when, when talking about Snapchat? Yeah. Yeah. Is yeah. that, is that, is that, is that applicable enough? Yeah, right. I like it. Okay. Cause I mean, it's, it, it obviously is not built for guys like me. I no, mean, it's, I'm, it, I'm it's, not too keen on it myself. I'm, I'm a different demographic, right? Right. Uh, because I mean, it's about sharing pictures and it's about for uh, temporarily and, and, yeah. and, and they vaporize, right? right. I, it's, See, I can't even. Supposedly. I can't. I can't well, that, 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 that's the rumor. Another show. That's the rumor. Again, another show. But uh, but another app that's out there that, again, again, you may be very familiar with it. Struggle along with me here as um, I'm talking about uh, how it goes together. But anyhow, it's a publicly traded company, or at least the parent company is a publicly traded company. And, uh, and Snap 
down 30%, meaning the uh, the stock price down 30%, primarily due to weak ad revenue or advertising revenue. And, uh, and they're having trouble in terms of attracting folks who believe that, uh, that Snapchat is, uh, is, a, is a highly desirable area to attract folks from an advertising standpoint, right? So what are, what are the primary mean or primary desires of anybody who advertises? Increased uh, branding, increased exposure, frankly, the other folks who will who connect with that particular entity in terms of reaching out to them for goods or services in some kind, right? But uh, but Snapchat is not is not enjoying that end of things. Certainly not in the same ways that Meta and Facebook are. So the stock price for uh, for Snapchat or Snap uh, the parent company down thirty percent. Very interesting to see, and very interesting to see in a go forward kind of basis where Snap was saying I, we don't see it getting particularly better. And that's really why the uh, the reason for the pullback in the stock price. So very interesting to see those kinds of things. All right. We're going to keep motoring here. It's earnings season. We've got a lot to touch on. And uh, we're certainly not going to be comprehensive, but we want to touch on as many as possible. ARM Holdings, A-R-M Holdings. Now, this may not be a company that's on your radar screen. I understand if they're not. It is on our radar screen at North Main Financial. Uh, a, because of their size. B, because of with whom they're connected. So 100 and I would say at this point, $120 billion company. So huge company, large company based in the UK. And uh, and they came out with some earnings here. They're a semiconductor company or a computer chip style company. Came out and just crushed it. Now they have a huge connectivity to Apple. So that the Apple primary one of their big uh, connectivity points in terms of to whom they send uh, or to whom they sell semiconductors. But uh, but when we're looking at that in terms of business, obviously very good. But it doesn't mean necessarily they're going to increase exponentially each quarter. But they came out with some crushing earnings. And so uh, their stock price up 30% in a given day. Huge amount of movement in, uh, in in a day. Again, arm holdings, not a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold. But very interesting in terms of how powerful their earnings growth was quarter over quarter. Because it definitely wasn't expected by the market. So when we're looking at that kind of thing, we're looking at semiconductors. That's where the market's been hot. Very interesting to see that. Very interesting to see. We're going to be talking about it in the fourth quarter that the market has been so strong in those technology areas. Hang with us. We're coming back in a few seconds here on Dollars and Cents presented by North Main Financial. We'll have more of Dollars and Cents with certified financial planner Joshua Doby following these brief messages on 105.9 100.7 WSIC. Call now to speak with certified financial planner Joshua Doby at 844-STUDIO-4. It's dollars and cents on 105.9 WSIC. Hello and welcome back to Dollars and Cents presented by North Main Financial. I'm your host, Joshua Doby. Thank you so much for hanging with us. Fourth quarter of today's show. We got... Uh, we're looking at 10 minutes and 39 seconds until the end of the day if you're a 9 to 5 And I'm thankful so much that you're tuning with us here to Dollars and Cents presented by North Main Financial. Now, you heard me say fourth quarter. Producer Bill, it, it is Super Bowl week. And uh, and I, I think, and I've mentioned this a couple of times in today's show, perhaps you haven't listened to the whole thing, which by the way, you can always tune in to WSIC News. We got all the socials, we got all the recordings on there as well. You can always tune in, listen to the recordings for something that you missed. But I'd be remiss if uh, we didn't at least touch on again, this is Super Bowl week. 
And because uh, we, which means I, uh, like to talk about all things uh, food-related as many times as we can. Now, do you have a go-to for, for Super Bowl Sunday? Is there kind of a go-to snack or go-to food? I mean, or are or, or you like, you just bring all comers? I mean, whatever whatever's coming through the door. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely... Uh open-minded yeah we'll, we'll, we'll say that i like that yeah but i do you know if there's a chip and dip and yeah. you know buffalo chicken dip uh, or buffalo cauliflower dip whatever you put oh you're I mean, singing my music yeah i'm seafood on that day see i am seafood, seafood. Food. and i'm and i was gonna say c-s-e-e yes, food. yes yes yep yeah, yeah, same way on uh, on my end of things and uh, because i yeah I'd, and i do like the dip things and oh, i do yeah. i mean i do i mean it's it's interactive it, it is <laughs> it's it, 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 it's a participatory experience right, right? right. so so it's, uh, it's it's something where we feel like anyhow but i say that with uh, with a modest segue into hershey and uh, so, and I do like that salty sweet combination. Mm. I mean, I I do, I do gotta say that. So if it's if it's maybe uh, like a little bit of fondue style chocolate over here, and maybe a pretzel over there. I mean it, and yeah. maybe, and maybe a little bit of peanut butter on a on a third. I mean, I'm, I'm I might be going all the way around. Right, right, all the way around the circle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm doing that kind of thing. So Hershey, uh, and, and they did note in part, which I thought was kind of interesting because I don't really think of Hershey as a Super Bowl strong kind. Kind of uh, kind of experience from a food standpoint, Hershey, Hershey chocolate, Hershey candy, confectionery uh, company, been known uh, for a very long time. Came out with just very good earnings, but also in terms of a go forward kind of space, they were very positive, and they noted the exposure or the opportunity that uh, that comes with the Super Bowl uh, Super Bowl week, which I thought was again very interesting uh, kind of thing. It's probably for folks like me who uh, who, who like to have that salty sweet maybe kind of Correct. combination. So yeah. I mean, I'm a, I'm all in. I'm all in yeah, on. Exactly. Uh, I, I am more than willing to do my part to help Hershey to uh, uh, to get through the next quarter and to make sure that uh, that they achieve their earnings objective. So for uh, for my little end of the universe, sounds like producer Bill is I'm uh, with you. is 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 exactly in the same space. All right. I know you're waiting for the fourth quarter here. We're talking markets. Uh, you've heard me say this. I'm going to raise my hand again. I'm surprised. Really, am surprised. Really, really, am surprised about the uh, amount of movement in the technology and more aggressive end of the markets here in the first five and a half weeks or so. I'm, and I'm singing that because I'm doing the math in my head very quickly. But we're basically five and a half uh, weeks into the to the uh, to the year here, into the quarter, the first quarter of this year. Very surprised, and and I say that not because I expected on January first, second uh, that we would pivot uh, very strongly to a different kind of focus here in the markets. And I'm looking specifically at the stock and the bond markets. But uh, but I've been surprised at the continuity, I'm meaning the continuity coming out of November, December, very strong on the more aggressive end, the growth end of the equity markets, technology companies, large technology companies. Boy, if you look across the board, if you look at the the big ones, right? So Meta, I've, to, I've told you about Meta, Facebook, huge move this year. Palo Alto Network, cybersecurity company, big company, has had a very strong start to the year after a very strong 2023. Uh, NVIDIA, 
And again, this is not a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold any of these companies. Uh, because when I, if I'm telling you about them, it's because this has already happened. So make sure you're doing your proper due diligence and evaluation uh, on, uh, on, on your particular portfolio. But man, a lot of movement after big years last year. And I'll tell you, I'm, I'm more conservative when it comes to these kinds of things. That makes me queasy. It makes me queasy if you're a shareholder. It makes me queasy if I'm a shareholder. It makes me queasy if uh, if I have a client who's a shareholder in those end of things, which we do uh, across the board. It makes me queasy, and it's not because I have any you know side of in, kind of insider knowledge or this you know, the market's going to turn on 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 February 28th. Which by the way, don't don't call me on that. I don't want to. You say well, it didn't turn on February 28th. I'm not telling you it's going to. This is an example. I've heard from folks on these dates. Sometimes it didn't happen. I'm, there's nothing I know. That it's any different than what anybody else knows. Yes, we may have some data points that we watch very, very closely, which other folks may may not watch, but nobody knows on a given day where it's going to move. So I'm not saying that in any kind of uh, fashion, but what I am saying is, and this is just technical data, this is just technical analysis, looking at very nearly three decades in this business, that if we're running above the macro, if we're running above the average for a significant amount of time, right? Then we need to be below the average for some measure of time in order to make, I know, hold on, wait for it, the average. And I, and, and I say that kind of thing, not because I'm saying that, you know, folks just are, are not bright enough to get it. No, I'm not saying that at all, except that's how the market acts. We move in straight lines. We think in straight lines. We think the market's going up. It's going to go up forever. I can't tell you the number of so-called experts who have looked at the stocks that have moved the most here in a positive direction over the last anywhere from 15 months to the last 15 weeks and have said that this is the direction it's going to continue to go. Now, look at that. How, how do you think about that in that way? I mean, it's just, it's, it's linear thought. It's just this idea that because things have done well, that things will continue to do well. Folks, I got a newsflash for you. It's not a newsflash, but I feel like I have to say that it's a newsflash. That's not how the market performs. The market performs in cycles. That means that there are peaks and that there are valleys and there's a whole bunch of time we're either in between a peak or a valley, literally. You don't have to believe me. It's okay. It doesn't offend me if you don't believe me. Go back and look at the historical data. That's exactly how the market performs. I'm saying this not to say the market's going to crash tomorrow or next week. Or like I said, I, I mean, I started out with a, with basically a, a uh, caveat emptor of saying that I thought the market was going to be much more modest starting in this year, but it hasn't been. It's been very strong, especially in the technology and more aggressive end of the market. It's very surprising to someone like me. But, uh, but I am saying that at a certain point, the reality becomes the reality. And I know that sounds like doublespeak, but what I'm saying is that the cycle holds. It always has, and at some level, it always will, because nothing can go straight up or on the other side. And I say this whenever the market's going negative, that the market can't go straight down forever. It just can't. It doesn't. And if it does in either direction, well, we're living into some kind of space, some kind of fantasy land that doesn't uh, doesn't exist, either in a positive or a negative direction. And uh, we don't have to worry about anything after that point because it's either too good or too bad. And at that point, none of the numbers matter anymore. So I say that to say because the market behaves in some very predictable ways, especially after we've had some prolonged either positive or negative experience. And uh, we start to think in very straight lines. We do. And right now I feel like especially on the more neg or excuse me, especially on the more aggressive and technology, large technology company end of things, there's almost this implicit assumption that things are going to continue to move in that way ad infinitum. And that's just not true. 
It just it do doesn't work that way. There, there's nothing to indicate that that's the way that it's going to be. So I say that to pr present a note of caution. Again, not saying the market's going to crash tomorrow. It's not going to crash in six months. There's nothing out there that indicates there's going to be some kind of radical shift or correction, except that the cyclical nature of things, at some point, somebody, and it's more than one person, obviously, says, well, I've made quite a bit of money here. I think I'm going to sell and take some of my gains. And then somebody else says, I think that's a good idea. I'm going to do the same thing. Somebody else says, yeah, I really think that's a good idea. You start moving down the line and then anyhow, you have a correction. So I'm saying that kind of thing to, just to make you aware of it, just to make you aware that that kind of thing is out there to be prepared for it. The best time, the best, I know you've heard me say this, the best time to make adjustments to your portfolio is into a position of strength. You don't want to do it after things have already happened that you don't desire, right? Who wants to sell it a low? I mean, I think, I think what part of our responsibility is, whether it's North Main Financial, you're doing it on your own or anybody else, I think part of our, uh, you know, our charge is to hold on for it, buy low and sell high. I don't know. I mean, you, you call me crazy. That's okay. That doesn't offend me. But in looking at that kind of thing, I think that's the kind of thing that makes some sense to at least consider. It may or may not be appropriate for your situation. It may or may not be the kind of thing that you should execute in the near term. But I'm speaking it to you here so that you're aware that because I don't hear it a lot out there, that that's the kind of thing that you may want to consider. And that's why it's important. That's why I'm sharing it with you here on Dollars and Cents presented by North Main Financial, because I want to make sure that we're not getting too casual because it can happen. I mean, you're looking at things going up. I get it. And you're looking, when I say going up, I mean increasing in value. You're looking at things going up saying, well, let's just keep doing what we're doing. I mean, it's, it's very natural. I mean, shoot, I have the same kind of thought process. I mean, why not? Right? It's going well. Let's just let, let's, as a matter of fact, let, let's put more into it. It's going up. Let's go, you know, which is buying high, by the way, just FYI. That, that, that actually is buy, buying at a more expensive kind of thing. But we do. We get very comfortable with that kind of idea, especially when it's been encouraged from the outside looking in. So I want to make sure that you're aware of that. I want to make sure that you're paying attention to it, especially with regards to your portfolio, so that if you need to make adjustments, do it into strength. Do it in the kind of space that where, where you're doing it, where you're selling at a high. And I get it. You say, well, things are going to keep going up if I sell here. It may be. There's no doubt about that. It may indeed happen in that way. That's still not a reason to take a look at it in terms of adjustment, reallocation inside of your portfolio to make sure that you're allocated in the best ways. Because I promise you folks, there aren't too many things that I can say with certainty, at least so far as my compliance department is concerned, but I can tell you with certainty there's going to be a cyclical rotation at some point. So you want to make sure that you're prepared. All right. Well, we're rapidly approaching the end of this week's version of Dollars and Cents presented by North Main Financial. Lightning fast recap here talking about where we've been. Earnings season. It's big. There are positive things or negative things, just like every earnings season. Everyone is exactly that way. But we have some very interesting strength coming out of the technology se sector right now, which we thought would be more cyclical in coming out of it. Hasn't happened at this point, but it's very interesting to watch. Well, friends, I appreciate so much you hanging with us here on Dollars and Cents here on WSIC. The new 105.9, 100.7 WSIC, Statesville, W290DK, Mooresville, Lake Norman, North Charlotte.